Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting next to the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it's Wednesday, our midweek show, and that is when we take a look at the Packers' upcoming opponent. And it's a tough one. The Carolina Panthers will be coming into Lambeau Field on Sunday, a 325 kickoff that was shifted uh, a week or so ago from originally a noon kickoff. So it will be a late afternoon and a chilly one, it sounds like, this weekend at Lambeau Field. Um, The sun's going to be gone by halftime the way uh, with the whole clock change thing. So it's going to be pretty cold in the second half with the in the dark. You know how how I know it's a cold game. We're getting into cold weather (laughs) season. When I go home to eat dinner with my parents on Tuesday and my mom says, I'm not interested. You can give your tickets away or we'll do something else. She's Mahad's out. She's, not she's going. out. That's it. So that's Done. how you know the season changes when Mahad is at the games and when she decides not to start attending the games and you got that, you know, that okay. cross difference. That's right. the true midpoint of the season. Yeah. Well the Carolina Panthers are coming in. They are five and three. They are right in the thick of the postseason chase in the NFC. Not just five and three, West, but five and one in their last six games after an 0 and two start. An 0 and two start with Cam Newton, then Cam Newton, who is now on injured reserve, replaced by Kyle Allen, and five wins in the last six games. But for as solid a job as Kyle Allen has done, this offense is powered by one guy right now, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, that's what they, they needed, and I wrote this in Insider Inbox this week, Kyle Allen needed to be a game manager. That's what they're asking him to do. And certainly, if you know anything about his story, this is a guy who has a massive chip on his shoulder, feels like he was underrated, undervalued, and, and you know was you know transferred from Texas A&M, went to Houston, got benched there. So he has a lot to play for in this league. But let's be honest, Mike, they want him to pay, play as mistake-free football as possible because – Christian McCaffrey is just different. And, you know, we had a feeling about this, and, and I think you and I have probably tracked Christian McCaffrey a little bit more than maybe other beat writers around the NFL because Max was here for a while, yeah. his older brother. Blake Martinez played with him at Stanford. Um, this, But when you look at his skill set, his makeup, and the player he's become in this league, his dad had a phenomenal career in the NFL, and Christian McCaffrey has a chance to – surpass that at an early age when you look at not only what he offers as a running back or what he offers as a receiver just an all-around threat and the one thing when you look at this stretch of wins that they've been on absent a couple games against Tampa Bay which were sort of some anomalies in this whole equation he's been unstoppable Uh, when you get the ball in his hands he's going to make plays so to be at five and three right now to rally the way they have behind a backup quarterback says a lot about this team its makeup but Christian McCaffrey is in the chase right now to be a legitimate MVP candidate, yeah. and he's personally changed my opinion on it. Three weeks ago, I would not have told you that a, a running back on a 3-2 and two team would have been a real contender for this, but as you start to realize how he's affected these football games for the Panthers, you have to tip your cap to him and acknowledge this is arguably the best playmaker in the league right now. Yeah, he is the best playmaker in the league right now. I totally agree with you. He leads the NFL with 13 touchdowns combined, rushing and receiving scores. And you know me, Wes, I don't like to do comparables very often. But when I see Christian McCaffrey and I look at the highlights of what's going on with him and how much this Panthers offense is revolving around him, I'm not trying to put Christian McCaffrey in the Hall of Fame at the tender age of 20, whatever he is. <laughs> 23 right now, or whatever. 23. But I see a lot of Marshall Falk. Yeah. You know, I agree. I mean, th- yes. this, guy, this guy is, 
he is he is so dynamic and is given the ball in so many different ways and lines up everywhere. Now, the Panthers don't have the offensive cast around McCaffrey that that Rams and the greatest show on turf had with Isaac Bruce and Kurt Warner and all of those guys. But what McCaffrey means to the offense is and how he's used just reminds me of how the Rams and and that Dick Vermeil, Mike Marks yeah. era, the way they used Marshall Falk and and He's just a tough matchup for any defense. He's hard to get a handle on. Yeah, he's kind of a mesh between, I would say, the Colts Marshall Falk and the Rams Marshall Falk, somewhere <laughs> in there, because they, they do have some nice pieces. Like it's not to say they're just completely void of talent. Right. No, and I don't. Kurt, I don't mean. I don't mean no, no, to say that at but all. But I get what but, you're saying. That yeah. was a legendary group of yes. offensive players that they had with the Rams. But what I like about where Carolina's at is Curtis Samuel's is a tweener type player. He's been really effective for them. DJ Moore doesn't have all the touchdowns, but is a guy well on his way to a thousand yards season and then oh by the way you have your Greg Olsons you have you know these different guys that that kind of fit into this vision of what the Panthers offense has become but make no mistake the centerpiece of this whole equation is Christian McCaffrey and in 2019 with the way that the running back position is played he offers you the best of all worlds right now he can pass block he can catch out of the backfield he can catch and run he's good between the tackles he's good open in space these are things we knew about him the last two years but seeing him become an every down threat now in the dimension he adds as just a running back not a playmaker but as an actual running back I think is what is really well-rounded out his game yeah. and allowed him to be off to the start that he has been off to. Yeah, well, with Kyle Allen, when he first stepped in back in September for Cam Newton, first couple of games he was lighting the world on fire, 100-plus passer ratings, and everybody was like, wow, you know, where did this guy come from? Where he is right now, passer rating of 87.8 in his six starts. So he's fallen off the pace that he started. Obviously, nobody expected him to just put up 100 passer ratings, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. His last, I guess I'd say, three or four games, the numbers have been a bit more pedestrian. Obviously, he had a rough game against San Francisco, but yeah. who hasn't had a rough game offensively against that San Francisco defense so far this year? To the Panthers' credit, to Allen's credit, as a team, they bounced they bounce back from getting, you know, really kicked pretty hard by that San Francisco team. Fifty one to thirteen, I believe, was the final score. But they shook it off. They bounced back. They had a home game against a pretty tough Tennessee team last week. They took care of business, got things back on track. They're right. They did exactly what the Packers need to do now, um, bouncing back from a rough loss, just a, a bad outing. It was clearly that game in San Francisco was Carolina's worst game of the season, I think even worse than the other two they lost earlier with Newton. And uh, obviously the Packers are coming off of their worst game. So it can be done. But this is, a, this is a Carolina team that, that doesn't just have its sights set on bouncing back from the San Francisco loss. They have their sights set on getting into the postseason and making a run with what they're building around McCaffrey. Yeah, so Allen's last three weeks are really interesting, right? Because you go to that game against Tampa Bay, he helped them win that game. Because for whatever reason, and I don't know what it was, I didn't have the time nor the inclination to actually go back and watch those Buccaneers games. But the Buccaneers both times... They were able to, whatever Todd Bowles was doing, they shut down McCaffrey in both yeah. of those ball games. And when it needed to be on Allen's shoulders, he and the complimentary parts were able to get them that victory that they didn't get when Cam Newton was first getting injured in that first matchup. 
But then you go back the next week and you get San Francisco and you get tossed back down to reality. You see the dimensions, the challenges that that, that defense presents to a young quarterback that hadn't had any turnovers, hadn't had any interceptions, I should say. Right. And then they all just come at the same time. Last week, though, that's a really good Tennessee defense. I, I think that's a group that plays together, plays well, and Vrabel has a vision for them that has allowed them to be able to stay in some of these games even despite some of the quarterback issues. And Allen played pretty well uh, considering that. So I don't look at this as a layup at all for Green Bay. I look at this guy as someone who knows where Christian McCaffrey is at all times, but he also has the, the outlets to be able to div- diversify that offense when he needs to. That's what makes them dangerous. Got to mention this, too, because it's not going to get brought up organically. Starting guard right now for the Carolina Panthers, one of them is Greg Van Roten. I don't know if you remember Greg Van Roten. I do. I do remember Greg. But on the day that the Packers— Ivy Leaguer, right? Ivy Leaguer, I believe, out of Penn. Penn, yeah. The year that—the day that they cut Charlie Pepra. This is how far this goes back. They signed Greg Van Roten. He ended up being on the practice squad, made the roster— made the roster the next year, and eventually was like, go. This is a guy that bounced around the Canadian Football League. He resurfaced last year or two years ago with Carolina, played every single snap for their offensive line last year. Some questions about whether or not he'd get replaced this offseason. He's still there. He's still contributing. A nice guy. I really enjoyed talking to him back in the day. I doubt he would ever remember me at this point. I'm sure he wouldn't remember me either. But, I mean, just the career that he's carved out for himself in a league that – very easily spits you out and never remembers you. <laughs> no question. Greg Van Roten, part of that offensive line that the Panthers have put together, paving the way right now for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Panthers' defense as well. But first, Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you. When you order online at CousinSubs.com, Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right, well... Wes, for all the focus on Christian McCaffrey, and rightly so with what he has done for the Carolina Panthers, you look at what this defense is doing for Carolina. 34 sacks, Mm -hmm. leading the league, 12 interceptions, which is second in the league. And this is what jumps out to me. I was looking at these numbers earlier today. Nine players with two or more sacks for the Panthers and seven players with three or more sacks. And in the interception category, you're talking four different guys with multiple interceptions on the season. This defense, Luke Keekley, the middle linebacker, he's the centerpiece of it all. He's been the centerpiece of Carolina's defense of this Ron Rivera defense for a number of years now. But this defense is getting plays from a lot of different guys and the way they're racking up the sacks and the interceptions and everything they're helping out a backup quarterback and it's a big reason along with McCaffrey that the the Panthers are chalking up wins so I know you didn't play Madden I'm not trying to bring up anything about how you played Madden or I didn't did play not. Madden, but they had a feature in the Madden games especially when I was a kid where it was like you did a fantasy draft where you didn't really start with all the teams as they were constructed you draft them and you build your own team okay. so if you're Mike Spoffer and the Green Bay Packers you draft Aaron Rodgers and then maybe you draft Khalil Mack you do all these different things right That's kind of what the Carolina Panthers' defense reminds me of. (laughs) It's been a handful of everything here. I mean, they bring in Gerald McCoy. You steal him away from a division rival, right? Um, You have, I mean, just different names that have joined Keekly in those trenches uh, that really stand out to me at this point in time. 
But the thing that stick, you know, Don Terry Poe, I mean, you look at Bruce Irvin came in, there's a number of different guys, but yeah. what stands out to me the most, Eric Reed among them, uh, is the fact that they've gotten contributions from across the board at young positions too. Uh, you know, a, a guy like Brian Burns was someone I was really high on coming out of the draft. He, you know, he was sort of a late riser. We were looking at him a lot at the combine and the everything combine. and wondering because he, he was he was one of these guys that uh, was being talked about as you know high second maybe late first and then as the pre-draft process went along it was like oh this guy could be top 20 this guy yeah. could be top 10 and the Panthers got him I believe it was it at 16 yes 16th correct. overall pick so yeah one of these guys that uh um and and what does he have? Four and a half. Four and a half sacks as a rotational sacks, defensive so, end yeah. right now. I mean, they, yeah. he's not an every down player. I mean, Mario Addison is still the guy. Six and a half sacks for him on the season. But as you were saying, Mike, Bruce Irvin three and a half. Uh, Don Terry Poe has three. Uh, Eric Reed has three. Shaq Thompson has three. Shaq Thompson, I remember. Yeah, he's from out of Washington. Yeah, so Pac-12 just player. to be able to get those many contributions from players, and as you mentioned, also twelve takeaways. I would be remiss, though, if I did not talk about Luke Keekley because oh, what, yeah. what I love the most about his game, and it's easy to say a five-time, six-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro is a, is a good player and to expound on why he's a good player, but Luke Keekley has evolved his game. It's not just based on athleticism anymore, and yet he is still one of the best athletes at that position. The inside linebacker, Mike, middle linebacker, let's just be honest, the way this league has trended, they're trying to wash those type of players out a little bit. You're putting more in, you're putting more safeties into the box and tweener players trying to defend. Keekley is the total package. He's what everyone aspires to be at that spot, and he's continued to be incredibly effective and durable here for the Carolina Panthers. You don't replace a player like that. So, yeah, they might sign some guys, they might draft some guys, but as long as he's kind of patrolling that middle of the field, that's a problem for opposing offenses, and Keekley now, what, seven, eight years into his career, still playing at an incredibly high level. It's amazing what he's been able to turn himself into. Yeah, I think I think what we've seen with Keekley over the years, when he first came on the scene, it's an old cliche, but he was as good a sideline-to-sideline linebacker yes. with that speed as you would find. He was so fast that he could cover so much ground, and he still... I'm not trying to say he's slowed down. I don't think he's maybe quite. He's 28. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. I don't think he's quite as fast as he was when he was 21 or 22, but he still has plenty of speed. And now what he has with all of the experience and the smarts and everything is he diagnoses plays and he knows what is coming instantly. He just, he knows what's coming before anybody else on the defense does. And so. The combination of that speed and the quick diagnosis and everything—he's—he's he's always he's just he's always in the right place and he's always impacting plays. You can't you can't scheme for this guy right. because uh, it's always it's it's almost like he's always a step ahead. I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And Shaq Thompson is a great player. He's leading them in tackles right now. We talked about his sacks a minute ago, and and he is going to be in this league for a long, long time. But yeah. I, just that combination, when you have someone like Keekley playing next to you and where he can stress an offense, uh, that's just such a, that is such a field tilter for a defensive unit. And i got to give a lot of credit to the Panthers in, in their front office and what they've done. I mean, they went out and they got Eric Reed. He's been sort of a revelation for that secondary. They have guys, when you look at the way that they're structured, you know, young draft picks. You know, Thompson was a first-rounder. Vernon Butler was a first-rounder. 
uh, Dante Jackson was a second rounder. They've gotten production from their recent drafts, and they've also augmented the spots where they need help with free agency. I think that's set kind of the template here for how you want to build a defense, and it's the reason why I think they've been able to find a way back to five and three, even though they got off to that zero and two start. Yeah, they've been a franchise over the years that seems to go back and forth between making the playoffs and then maybe falling short the next year, and then they get back into the playoff picture. You know, they've been kind of one of the these back and forth teams. My question for you before we go here, getting back to McCaffrey and what the Panthers are doing on offense. I know you're not a defensive coordinator, neither am I. We're not X's and O's experts. That wasn't here. in my description. <laughs> I thought so. But what do you think? How do how do the Packers go about dealing with McCaffrey? Because there isn't. You mentioned Tampa Bay. They've done a good job on him both times, but really nobody else in the league has been able to to put the clamps on this guy. So yeah. how do you go about it? Yeah, and, you know, for no, Mike Pettin has done everything. I mean, you look a couple weeks ago, they ran a base defense where they had Zadarius Smith playing an edge spot uh, as a defensive end with his hand down into the dirt. They've mixed and matched their personnel. The one thing I'm very curious to see what happens this week, and I'm not guaranteeing anything. For all I know, he could end up being a game day inactive. But Ibrahim Campbell was returned to the 53-man roster That's right. uh, on Tuesday. Off uh, of PUP, off the PUP, physically enabled to perform list. Tim Williams was released. Here's the thing about Campbell. We don't really truly know a lot about the guy. He only played three games, but there was a lot of trust there with Mike Pettin. And he played pretty darn well for being a guy that was signed off the street yeah. and had to play that box safety role. I really would – again, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I still think this defense is at its best when Adrian Amos is in the back end, when he's playing the safety spot. And they try to do some different things in the box next to Blake Martinez. We saw Will Redmond in there a little bit. But I think, man, if, if you could get Campbell back in that role and get him playing the way he did last year, that would be such a big boost for this defense right now. There's a reason the Packers went out and signed him in August. He didn't come back until November, Mike. Yeah, Packers could have waited right. and bided their time. They went and got that guy. They put him back in the house. They oversaw his development and his return from that ACL injury he just, you know, suffered last December. So I don't know how they defend it, whether it's Amos, whether it's maybe Tremont Williams. You know, if they try to do some things with the inside linebackers, Martinez and Goodson. I just think the little wrinkle here this week and moving forward is Ibrahim Campbell. And he gives you the guy that I think Raven Green could have been for this defense had he not suffered that ankle injury in week two. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility here. And we'll just have to see how things evolve and, and how quickly Campbell potentially is active on game day, whether it's this Sunday or whether it's another Sunday down the road. I do think, though, as I said in Insider Inbox, Mike Pettin's going to have a plan for Christian McCaffrey. But I think he's going to stress, and those players in the locker room are going to be aware of the plan, the scheming, is not going to get the job done. You yeah. still have to diagnose plays, you have to get off blocks, and you have to make tackles. Right. You can't let this guy break tackles and turn four- and five-yard runs into 12- and 15-yard runs. So whatever plan Pettin comes up with, comes up with it's still on the players. And, and this Packers defense, let's be honest, Wes, it needs to start playing better because, yes, holding, them, holding the Chargers to field goals for a while last week certainly kept the, the team in the game, but they were still giving up a lot of yards. Right. The Chargers were dominating time of possession. 
this Packers defense needs to needs to right the ship a little bit, and it's going to be a tough task to do it against a guy like McCaffrey, but that's the task in front of him because you want to be able to go into the bye week feeling a lot better about where you are on the defensive side of the ball than how the Packers have looked in the last couple of games. Yeah, they need a breather. You and I have talked about that. I think yeah. the bye week's going to give that to them, but you're not getting any you know help right now. You need to be able to step up to this challenge, and yeah. it's going to be a difficult challenge at that. There is one other thing I want to throw out there, and, and it's not really a version. I mean, we've seen different versions of defenses that Mike Pettin used, and I don't offer this. This is just speculation. This is just a thought in my head. But I wonder if this is a game where you could see more base defense. And that kind of goes against a lot of things when you think of Samuels and, and, and McCaffrey and how they can hurt you in open space. But there was a package that Dom Capers used for a bit. I called it the 30, 34-28 even though that was not the given name, but that's how I wrote down in my notes, which is instead of having a second cornerback, they used to use Sean Richardson as that, who was number 28. I remember that. As a third safety. Yeah. And that gave them some flexibility that, okay, you can sell out to try stopping the run between the tackles, but you have a safety there instead of an inside linebacker or a cornerback matching up with a potential receiving threat or a potential uh, you know, out-of-the-backfield running back that can do things. I don't offer that as anything they're going to do, but I wonder if you can use some of those principles because I do think one of the things that hurt them in that game against Carolina, they just went light a lot. There was a lot of hybrid nickel, and you just weren't able to kind of stack the box maybe the way you needed to against a guy like Melvin Gordon. Okay. This is an entirely different running back, but I think there is personnel here you have to stop a guy like Christian McCaffrey. It's just going to be a matter of how you utilize it and what you're willing to give up. You know, and maybe the passing game in other areas with the receivers to defend a guy like this. But first and foremost, Mike, this is who your attention has to be on. Yeah. Well, we will see over the next couple of days what the players say about Christian McCaffrey in the locker room uh, after practice these next few days because they're going to be asked a lot of questions yeah. about him, and we'll just see where it goes from here. But for now, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. You can subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services on Twitter. He's at West Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.